In the name of Jesus, amen. So a little fun fact uh, about myself, as, as we kind of get to know each other, a little fun fact about myself is, is I have this kind of fascination with, with airports. All right, airports. Airports are kind of really cool when you think about them. Right? They're kind of a, a modern marvel. Right? They're, they're amazing things, how, how they coordinate thousands of thousands of flights each and every day, and they almost always don't miss a beat, and, and people are coming from all over the world. They're traveling, he, traveling here and there, there and here, and they're going everywhere, and all of this is coordinated cr- across the globe. But see, I don't really like airports because I think that they're just this modern marvel, which they are. That's not why I'm fascinated by them. Uh, I'm fascinated with airports because every single time I go to an airport, it's one of the greatest places to do one of my favorite hobbies, right? People watching. Yeah, you all knew where I was going, right? All right, how many people watchers do we have in here? How many, how, how many people? Right, right, people watching is always fun because as fascinating as airports are, People are more fascinating. And because when you look and sit down at an airport, there you see all sorts of people. A tapestry of humanity is right before your very eyes because everyone is going somewhere. Everyone is coming from somewhere, and you can kind of tell. And there's always the the, the kind of certain people that we all see and we all know that you expect to find in the airport. Uh, The first person is the frequent flyer, right? Uh, they're usually the, the businessman or businesswoman, and you can know who they are because they're generally in a suit or they're in their work clothes, and they're, they're always on the phone with someone talking loudly for everyone to hear because, because they do this all the time, and this, 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 this is their work. Right, you know who they are. And they're, they're the ones who get, get, that get to get on the plane first because they have all the flyer miles from the business trips. Right, then there's the vacationers. Right, and these ones, everyone knows because they stick out like a sore thumb because they're always wearing some Hawaiian print shirts. Uh, they're in shorts and flip-flops in Minnesota in the middle of January because where they're going is a long way from here. Uh, but then you also see uh, the infrequent flyer. Uh, the ones who are constantly looking at their ticket, dazed and confused with all the chaos around them, checking the boards, wondering where their gate has gone, or, or maybe they're the ones who are running late to the terminal. People are fascinating. And it's always amazing to, to see people and watch people going to and from and just kind of wonder who are they? Where are they going? Where are they coming from? See, I think it would have been fascinating to, to watch Jesus as well. See, today in our text, we are in the setting of, of a Pharisee's household. Not just the Pharisee, the, the, the top of the Pharisees. He was the one who was in charge, and he was throwing himself a kind of a dinner party. And this Pharisee, well, it's a party, so he invited all of the people who ought to be there, the VIPs, all of the the other Pharisees, the the lawmakers, the law readers, the ones who interpret the scriptures, they were all here. If you were someone, you were there. And in the midst of all of these people, we find Jesus as well. And the Pharisees, as the text tells us, were watching Jesus Closely. They were sort of people watching Jesus. And they weren't watching him because they wanted to learn from him. 
They weren't watching him because they were fascinated by him. They weren't watching him because, because they thought that he would do something miraculous. They were watching him because they wanted to catch him breaking the rules. They were watching him, as our text says, with an evil intent, hoping that he would trip up, hoping that he would slip up, hoping he would say something against the rules and they could catch him and they could arrest him and they could punish him. But Jesus' time has not come yet. And so there's a very important detail about this dinner. It's the Sabbath. That's right, this dinner party was, was, was a celebration of the Sabbath. And on the Sabbath, in Jewish law, in Jewish custom, the whole idea is that you do no work. You don't turn on the lights in, in modern culture. You don't, you don't go out and, and pluck a head of grain. You don't work. You don't do anything. The Sabbath is simply made for man to rest. But see, Sabbath was given to man and to woman as a gift from God. Sabbath was not something that was meant to, to be a burden to, to the Lord's creation. It was meant to give them rest from all that they have done. And so the Sabbath is gospel. It is not a law, but see what these Pharisees have done. They have created new man-made rules through these interpretations. There was two kind of ways of thinking about this at the time, two different writings about the scriptures. One said, you cannot do a single thing on the Sabbath except for celebrate it. And then the other writing, because theologians disagree with each other all the time, is, well, there's some leeway. And so Jesus, he asks a question. He says, how many, is it lawful, is it lawful to heal someone on the Sabbath? It's kind of an interesting question, right, for a a dinner party amongst the elites. It's kind of a fascinating thing for Jesus to ask, but see, there is someone else in the room. Someone else who kind of seems to have been unseen. There is a man with what the scriptures call dropsy. Right, which is kind of an illness that, that, that kind of shows that there's something worse going on inside because their, their skin kind of gets all swelled up, and I can imagine it's kind of, kind of gross. And, and it kind of is a, is a notion that this person is very, very sick. And there was even uh, some kind of even thinking that, that they only get this way because there's actually more of a moral fa- failure. So their sickness is actually uh, a kind of a consequence of something they have done wrong. And there's a man with dropsy there. And so Jesus asked them the question, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And what do they say? Nothing. They're silent. They don't answer the question. And I believe it's out of fear of of kind of falling into a trap that is set by Jesus. And in the midst of their silence, Jesus has enough of it. And he tells this man, you are healed. Your faith is saved. You get up. And he sends him away. He he heals this man on the Sabbath in the midst of all these Pharisees, all of the ones who want to be seen. Jesus sees the one who is not seen. And then he goes on and asks them a question again. He says, how many of you would not help your son or your ox out of a pit if he had fallen on the Sabbath? And they look at Jesus and again, silence. But their silence speaks volumes. 
their silence tells Jesus everything that they need to know, that these men, these Pharisees, would not break their rules. But in that room, on that Sabbath, on that day, Jesus shows that mercy is his rule. Mercy is the rule. And that man with dropsy was healed on the Sabbath. He went home. This man had, had been forgotten by the world. This man had an affliction that, that told people to, to stay away from him. This man had something deep within him that was probably killing him slowly. This man, for all effect and, and everything else around him, was dead. No one saw him. But Jesus did. Because Jesus sees the unseen. See, today's text kind of invites us to watch Jesus closely. See, for the Pharisees, they watched Jesus closely, but they, they missed a whole lot about who Jesus is. They may have watched him, but they did not see him. They may have watched Jesus, but they did not know him. They may have watched Jesus, but they did not understand him. So today, I invite you to watch Jesus as well. Because we often find ourselves watching Jesus, but, but we also don't quite understand him. We find ourselves watching Jesus, but, but we don't see him. We, we watch Jesus, and like those Pharisees, there are times where we just want Jesus to see us and be impressed by us. We, we want Jesus to see all of the good things we do, and, and we want Jesus to kind of pat us on the back and give us approval, just like those Pharisees that gathered with him at the supper. We want Jesus to see us following all the rules. And so we watch Jesus. We just really hope he sees how good we are. We want Jesus to see how nice we've been, all the good we have done, how much money we have given. We want Jesus to know how many times we've, we've prayed or we've gone to church. We want Jesus to make sure he sees the righteousness that we have. But yet we miss him entirely. We get so caught up with, with our piety, with our good works, with our good deeds, that we forget to actually see Jesus for who he is. And so we watch Jesus, but we never even see him. So today, I will once again invite you to watch Jesus closely. But this time, as we watch Jesus closely, I want us to watch Jesus closely, not as the Pharisees watched him. I want us to watch Jesus closely through the eyes of faith. Not with evil intent, but of people who know Jesus. Of people who see Jesus, of people who trust in Jesus, and people who put their faith in Jesus. Because when you see Jesus, you will see Jesus for who he actually is. 
He is not someone you will watch to see what you can get away with. He is not someone you will watch to see maybe he screws up. He is not someone you will see so you can find an exception. No, he is someone that you will see that is God in the flesh. He is the one who has come and will come. Jesus is the one who comes to see the unseen, to save the unsaved, to raise those who were dead. This is the Jesus you see with eyes of faith. And when you see Jesus through, through eyes of faith, you, you will see Jesus as, as someone who is merciful, as someone who is loving, as someone who is steadfast, and as someone who is gracious. But most of all, I hope that you see Jesus as someone who sees you. Because while we may not always see Jesus, we may not always see who Jesus really is. Jesus always sees you for who you really are. And he doesn't see us as the ones who have gone to church all the right times during the year. He doesn't see us as the ones who have given the most money. He hasn't seen us as the ones who are kind and gracious. He hasn't seen that. No, instead, he sees each and every one of us as the man who was sick, the one that nobody saw. He sees us as the ones who are, who are sitting there slowly dying inside, and all they can do is look to Jesus and see him in need of someone who will say, you are no longer sick, go home. Jesus sees each and every one of us, and he doesn't watch us and wonder like a man in the airport where we are going and what we are doing. No, Jesus knows exactly where we're going, exactly where we've been, and he knows exactly what you've done. And he says, in the midst of all of it, you are forgiven, and I love you, and I am with you. And he invites you. He invites you to come in. Come and give you rest. Come and receive mercy. So this morning, I invite you to watch Jesus closely. Watch him closely, and now knowing the reality that Jesus has seen you, knows you, loves you, cares for you, forgives you, now we watch Jesus, because although he is ascended, although he is no longer in the front of our eyes, he is still present here in the world, because guess what? Everyone else is watching you. People are watching. And so we are now invited not only to watch Jesus closely, but we are invited to follow him more closely. Because my brothers and sisters in Christ, people probably know, or at least I hope they know, that you are a Christian. And if they don't know you're a Christian, they, they soon will know you're a Christian. And when someone knows you're a Christian, I've experienced this in my life, maybe you've experienced it in your life, people will watch you even more closely than they watched you before. So yeah, when I was in high school, I worked at Buffalo Wild Wings. Right, this is an example. 
Uh, and everyone knew that I was, I was eventually going to go to study to be a pastor. It was something I decided kind of my late, late years in high school. And they knew I was going to be a pastor, so they knew I was a Christian. And if you've ever worked in any kind of fast food or, or food service industry, you'll know that all of the people that, that work there, that they are the most, they, they just use the, the most careful language in the world, right? They don't never, they never swear, they never say anything bad, right? And they never use any cuss words, no. It, it's the opposite of that, right? Uh, and, it, you know, it is what it is, and it, it's totally fine, and we've all been there before. And I always remember this happening. Someone would, would say something, it was crass language, it was cursing, it was, it was maybe harsh, and they'd, they'd say, oh, I'm so sorry, Caleb. I, I, I forget, I shouldn't swear in front of the, the Christian who's going to be a pastor. Right? Um, and, and maybe you've been there before. Because people are watching. And so I want us to kind of ask ourselves as we close this morning, when people watch you, who do they see? Do they see someone who is gracious? Do they see someone who is merciful and kind and forgiving and loving? Do they see people who are, are humble and, and generous? Do they see the Pharisees, or do they see Jesus? When we watch Jesus closely, we see with eyes of faith, faith that assures us that what we do has no bearing on Christ's love for us, and instead it frees us to go forth into the world and live and act like Jesus. And when the world sees you, dear church, they will not only see you, they will see Christ as well. See, it reminds me of a children's song. Get those lights up, get them up. The kids were pretty good. I think you can be better. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Watch Jesus closely, brothers and sisters. Amen. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus until he returns. Amen.